Welcome to Between the Fur. I'm Ken, and as a professional mascot, I need professional costumes, right? People always ask me, who makes your costumes? I tell them Alinko Costumes in Salt Lake City. Alinko makes just about everything for me, and they do an amazing job. Alinko not only builds costumes, they have a design service that's free, and they also service their costumes as well. However, now the largest and oldest costume company in the U.S. just turned it up a notch by bringing on my friend John Absey, formerly the Jazz Bear, to help with product development, processes, sales, and quality control. Hey, if you need a costume done right from the very start, don't waste time or money. Call Alinko. That's spelled A-L-I-N-C-O. And get it done right. Hey, hey Kudo. How are you? Great. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. This is, uh, this is working, huh? Seems to be. It says recording in big block letters on my phone. I see your <laughs> smiling face. I see you're connected with a purple dot. It all seems like it's money. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me switch this over to Do Not Disturb. Learned my lesson last time. <laughs> so, okay. So here we are with John Kudo. This is another episode of Between the Fur with Ken. My name is Ken. I'm your host. I'm a professional mascot, and I'm interviewing my buddies from around the league and from around the, the country that are fellow mascots. And uh, today we have John Kudo, who used to be formally as of just lately actually a short time ago he retired as moondog for the cavaliers cleveland cavaliers how you doing john i'm doing great good talk to you today ken yeah man we go way back by the way we do we yeah do. john and i uh have had a, a long history here and uh how many years were you a mascot when did you, well, when did you start being a mascot I, uh, I first got in costume uh, would have been uh, nineteen eighty seven, so I'm, I go back to the eighties, which is the like few of us now, right? And that was uh, that would have been the fall of eighty seven when I went to uh, college, and uh, so I started for two years in in college at North Dakota State University in Fargo. Fargo <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, didn't uh, the other John. Uh, didn't he go there? Did he, or did he, uh, he, he actually, well, I don't know if he ever got into a college. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, uh, he was a, a minor league mascot in Fargo at one point, uh, for the Fargo fever. Um, and so he did pass through Fargo. I don't think he went to school there. Um, I could be wrong about that. I don't think he did. I think, I, I think he may have gone to Grand Forks. We've already, huh. de- we've already derailed this whole thing, so you want to Yes, start? yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, we're talking about uh, the bear, and uh, we'll, we'll get to a point where we can talk to him, I'm sure. So, uh, but uh, anyways, get back to where you started and how and all that. So, yeah, I, I did start in uh, North Dakota. Um, I, was, uh, I went to college at North Dakota State, and I remember I was sitting in an audition. I was, I, I, in high school, I did a lot of theater. And so when I went to college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And it was funny because when you go to college, you know, your extracurricular activities from high school, sometimes they're like too serious. So like you go to, I wanted to be in theater because that's what I did in high school. And then you go to college and people who are in theater in college, like they want to, that's what they want to do. 
And so, and for me, I didn't really want to be an actor. Um, I was going to school to be an engineer. So I was, I, I got into my, my fall in my freshman year, I was like trying out for a play and, uh, I did make the play actually, but, um, but in the meantime, I had this interesting conversation with Kenny Todd, who uh, was also auditioning and he's like, Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a cheerleader too. Um, and I was like, Oh, no kidding. And he's, and he's talking it up. And uh, I said, you know, I always wanted to be a mascot. And he goes, well, we're, we're looking for one right now. He goes, nobody, nobody auditioned for it this year. So, um, that sort of led to me auditioning, uh, in, in Fargo, um, and, uh, and kind of launching me from there. You know, that's crazy because that's almost identical to the way I started, but I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can almost repeat the same thing verbatim, but, met, uh, uh, at a, a yeah. <laughs> I think the guy's name was Todd. <laughs> so the, the funny thing was, I actually probably may have had that conversation in high school, but my high school, I grew up in Minnesota and like a lot of high schools, and this is changing now, but a lot of high schools were named uh, with um, Native American nicknames. So we were the Burnsville Bra- Braves, and it's since been changed to the Burnsville Blaze um, out of uh, respect for the indigenous people there. Um, but so we didn't have a mascot because, like, you know, most people didn't have, like, an Indian character running around. It was just, like, the team name was that, and that kind of limited you from having a character. So we never had one. And if we did, I remember thinking in high school, that's totally what I want to do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a child who, of like the 70s who I saw the famous chicken, and I'm like, that's it. That's, that's what I want to do. I mean, I remember going to a soccer game when I was 10 with my mom with the Minnesota Kicks, and like I went, I hate soccer, and so I went to this game only to see the chicken. That's why I went. And when I, when I was done, I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. John, why am I, why am I just now hearing of this? I mean, that's... I, I, I'm kind of weirded out right now because this is so <laughs> paralleling <laughs> my story, my life right here. I went to go see the chicken and I looked at him going, yeah, that's my job. That's what well, I, I think there's, do. there's probably and, a bunch of us who are of the same age and ill. You're older. You're much older than I am, but much. of that same generation. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of us who were kind of inspired and taken by what, what Ted did. Um, and, and I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the guys who are, you know, in our, our kind of genre or not genre in our, in our generation were like, that's where you got it from. You're like, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I, I honestly, I remember sitting there at a stars game in Vegas, seeing, you know, just, I just went to the game. Uh, I didn't even know the chicken was going to be there. And all of a sudden this guy, this helicopter comes in and lands on the field and this guy in a costume jumps out and, <laughs> On the field, I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And he crawls away from the helicopter and then stands up and the crowd goes bonkers. And so I actually went back to the next game that he was at uh, with a notepad. And I literally sat there and took notes on not, not what he did, but how he did it and, and what made him catch everybody's eye, what, what made him so interesting to me. And uh, I literally remember, literally remember uh writing down stuff like the guy never stops moving he's always mm-hmm. he's always in character even when he's taking a breath he's at least got his hands up and he's wi- and he's like wiggling his fingers like okay what's going to happen next and so anyways those are those are some of my memories of how i got started but 
But back to you. <laughs> so sorry. No, no, so, no. But though, that's that's amazing to me that that we both. I, I never do that. Yeah, so. I mean, like you said, he he's he's captivating, and it's funny. Like there is a I don't I won't mention names, but I'm sure you know a couple guys who are mascots who don't like the chicken and just think, oh, you know, he's this or he's that. And I'm like, I don't know where you get this from. I mean, this guy paved everything. I mean, he's yeah. everything in the world of mascots, and if you don't like respect that i don't i just we're not on the same planet i mean ted's just he's in a different realm right right you know like the guy or not which i don't know if i i actually met him at one point and he he kind of went off on me a little bit and (laughs) i i lost a lost a little respect for him but you know personally you know i don't know about the guy because i i didn't really get to know him that well but professionally yeah he's 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 the the guy He's yeah, yeah the you know there's there's nothing else that compares and uh you know like you said he paved the way but i mean not only did he introduce mascotting you know and and, and immediately take it to you know a level that that was unbelievable but i mean just the just the his mannerisms his uh you know his comedy and that type of thing really set me up as well. So I, I give the guy a lot of respect. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So, so once you started in, uh, in college, then take, take me from there. So in college, I, you know, like a lot of college guys, you do multiple sports. You're kind of like, we, I was the only one the whole time I was there. Um, and so you did everything. So if you, it was kind of fun because you would do, you know, primarily basketball and uh, football. But I remember I did a couple. We had club hockey. I did one of their games, and our volleyball team was like we were D two, but they were like we're division. They were like national champions. So I remember I did like a. I went to one of their events, and you just do like parades. You do a lot of events and stuff. But so you, it was kind of fun because you got a huge window into like all the different settings. You, you know, you worked football games, um, you worked basketball games, um, and you really got the sense of what made those sports so unique and different. And, and I, I mean, obviously, I just fell in love with doing basketball. It's it's such a different beast than any other sport. Um, but you know, like the, like I said, you you got you got a taste of it, um, which I think helped me later on. Like as you walk in the door in different events, you know, just based on college, I had done a lot of different settings and a lot of different events. Um, so I did that for two years, um, and at that that next summer, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves were a brand new NBA franchise, and they were you know, looking for uh, a mascot. And so that sort of piqued my interest. I had a little bit of experience and I auditioned for, for that job. Wow. And obviously made it. I did make it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was 1989. Um, and I, uh, I started with the Timberwolves, their inaugural season. Um, and I did that for seven years. The character's name was Crunch. And and at that point, um, I left the Timberwolves to take a job with Nike, which, you know, at the time, it was funny because now that I've done this for like 30 years, seven years just seemed like forever. And I felt like I'd kind of done everything I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't stagnating, but you almost kind of feel like, okay, well, I, I'm ready for like the next step. And, and Nike was obviously a, a really intriguing, huge global brand. Um, and kind of a cool opportunity, both as a performer, and then it allowed me an opportunity to 
I would have been, uh, I would have been, I was, I, I did event production work as well. So I wasn't just a character. I would help script and manage and produce um, shows and arena shows and stadium shows. So it was really, it was kind of a next level opportunity for me. Um, so I did that and uh, I worked there for two years and the group that I worked in, um, which was just an awesome experience in, in a lot of different ways, just unbelievable people, um, obviously just a global iconic brand. Uh, but the the group that I was in, we sort of came and went in a flash because the shoe industry, um, this is probably for a different podcast, but went through what's called the brown shoe phase. And Nike, which kind of dominated in basketball shoes, um, the shoe industry changed a lot in just that two years where everybody, and I, I think you probably remember this, you know, in the, in the mid-90s, you had 15 pairs of high tops in your closet. Yep. Around halfway through the 90s, people started wearing kind of outdoorsy, they called the brown shoes. It's like, you know, hiking boots and um, shoes that were a little bit more like outdoors, a little less um, in the gym. And Nike had like a 20% market share of those and like a 90% of basketball. So when that changes, it's like your, your, your income as a shoe company changes a lot. And so they kind of looked across the board. And like I said there, if you weren't making shoes or selling shoes, at Nike, you were you were in trouble. They they tri- they trimmed a lot of people, and our group went from like you know I was like the fourth person hired in that group up to like forty people, and it was down to like six all in all inside of a two year window. Mm. Wow, that had to be kind of rough and 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 life changing as well. It was. It, I mean, it was funny because like I remember when when I left, I was like, oh, you know, it's the next move, and I'll never go back to being a mascot, and that was fine. And then two years later, you're like, well, I wonder if I can still get back in. The NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did kind of like that, and it was kind of fun. And I get, yeah, okay, there's a lot of benefits there. All right, yeah. Um, see, and it was funny too at the time. You're just like, well, no, like you know, those kind of those jobs are sparse. I mean, there's you know, there's 25 of those. Probably at the time, there's probably 20 of those. I mean, I don't think I really, I, I wasn't really looking to get back in, but it was just kind of funny that I was, you know, left that, and then two years later, I'm like, oh, now what? Um, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was just after that, agreeing um, with you. I, uh, I, I landed and just decided, like, I'm going to try my own my own business. So I started, um, <clears throat> I started a company called Markout Productions and a website called GameOps.com. That would have been around 1998, I guess. Um, 90, yeah, 98. Um, and uh, with the idea of being like, hey, I still want to work in this industry. I still want to be connected with mascots and game operations uh, people. And so I, I started a website that was sort of a resource website and a tool for them. Um, and, and part of that philosophy just came from, you know, while I was crunch, I really, a big part of what I did was I toured around the country as a, as a national touring, like, entertainment act. Kind of, kind of like a halftime act, but more for basketball, where you don't do halftimes, you're just doing in-game, um, in-game shows. And I remember I would go to, you know, a CBA game in, you know, uh, Quad Cities, and you would see, like, a promotion, you're like, this promotion's awesome, and it's, like, better than what we're doing in Minnesota. And so you'd, you'd bring it back, and like, hey, have we tried to do this contest, or this promotion, of this video clip? And uh, it was like, there was no mechanism at the time to share those ideas, which seems just archaic, and it was, but, you know, it was really rare for you to see what a team, you know, in a different level or a different sport was doing. And so I, I wanted the website to be sort of a connector between 
if you were a, a minor league basketball team and a pro football team. Like there's still some overlap in terms of what you might do in, for a promotion or for marketing. And there wasn't a great way to, to spread that. I mean, which sounds, again, ridiculous in a time of the Internet and social media now where it's so easy. But at the time, it was just like that was you just didn't see that stuff. Right. And I think it was brilliant. I mean, you, this just goes to show what a true entrepreneur you are. I mean, you were actually going around. Uh, not only uh, did you start all that stuff, but, but previous to that, you were out there selling yourself and selling your, your talents as a halftime, as a you know, whole game entertainment package where um, – you know, a lot of guys would never have thought that and would never have pushed that. And, and you really, I think, were a pioneer in that area, uh, you know, for, for our industry anyways. Yeah, so, I give a lot of credit. Um, the, the Phoenix Suns gorilla was really, I mean, the chicken was the first guy I think who really threw it around and did it. Uh, and the gorilla sort of expanded into basketball, and I was sort of following his lead. And the funny thing was, he, he was just the king of it immediately because he was so unbelievably great, like, from early, early on. Um, and it was funny. I, like, kind of jumped to the game. I think I had some advantages geographically. It was easier for me to travel from Minneapolis and hit most of the country as opposed to him being way down in the southwest where it's like he just, you know, like, I had essentially all the Midwest and, you know, to, to, to tap into, and he, he in some ways couldn't. So leagues like the CBA, which were primarily in the East and the and the Midwest, I had a little bit of a better, better foothold in. Um, but the other part was the Phoenix Suns, the team, decided about a couple years into it when we were sort of neck and neck. And he, you know, he's that one. Well, I shouldn't say neck and neck. He's ahead of me in terms of number of shows. And then the team just said, hey, listen, we'll pay you to stay at home. Like, stay at home, focus on these games. And uh, so he went from whatever he was being aggressive trying to get shows to now he's trying to do just a handful and it opened it up, and so yeah, I—I I mean, I was doing 40, 45 road shows a year. Which, man, in hindsight, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't—I look. Yeah, I was looking at you at the time, going, "How is he doing all this? How does he have the energy for this?" And so, I—and I know sometimes you were running from, you know, from the court to a plane, and oh, yeah. you know, going to the next one, and then. Um, you know, and then trying to make it home in time for your own game. That was, that was your real job. You know, that was your, your bread and butter. But, uh, and uh, I was guessing at the time that you were probably making more on the shows, outside shows than you were, uh, you know, with the Timberwolves. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and again, like that was, they never, I mean, they knew it and there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they were mad about it. And like I said, just keep making the home games, keep doing the job here. But yeah, the, the, the road shows were a big source of revenue and, and I loved it too. I mean, I loved, you know, at the time when you're, when you're 25, that's, you know, that's the King's life right there. That was, that was great. And we were having a good time. Yeah. Well, I love some of your stories and uh, there are some <laughs> that are more notorious than others, <laughs> but g give me a, give me the story, give me a, a, a CBA story. Well, I you got anything you can pull I, I out. Point that's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's a fun story just because the CBA was it was kind of the wild west. You know, they're out there just trying to trying to sell tickets and trying to get things happening. And uh, I remember I used to do a show in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and um, it's funny. Like some some teams and some towns, like you would. I remember I went to the show, and I like. You, you know, as a performer, some nights you're on, all your stuff hits, and the people just kind of go like, wow, this is amazing. 
And uh, yeah. so I had one of those like kind of great shows. And actually, I, I, I always called them my A show, like your your best material. That's what the best the road shows are great because you're going out. This crowd sees you once a year. You're doing your one best skit you have. Your three, you know, your two sets, your best dunks you have, and you're just doing the crowd stuff. And again, they're not spoiled. They don't see it all the time, but everything is new and fresh. And so it's it's easy in a way because you're just doing your best stuff. Which is different yep. than doing, yep. you know, your forty-first game at uh, at for the at Target Center for the Timberwolves. Like people are like, okay, I think I've seen all that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you're not really, you know, a, a rock star at that point. You're just like, yeah, trying to take it to the next level. Anyways, right. yeah, go ahead. So uh, I'm in I'm in Rapid City. I had one of those great shows, and it's like it's clear when you do that, the crowd remembers. And the other the other side note about like a CBA team in a town. Like, I remember I, I, when I first talked to this team, I was like, you know, I'm looking this up. Like, okay, Rapid City, South Dakota, it's a town of, like, 40,000 people. I mean, no, there's nobody there. And, and obviously, there's some more people in the surrounding areas. But, like, on any given night, they would have, like, 7,000 people in the building. That's, like, one out of five people in the town is in the building. <laughs> which is just crazy to me. So anyway, so I went to Rapid City once. We knock it out of the park. It was a great show. And, you know, it's like as you're leaving, the guy is literally booking your next show. Like, we got to have you back. I know that moves the needle. Um, anyway, so and there was some love that too, uh, with the, the coaching staff that Eric Musselman, who um, is great, by the way, but his father was the coach of the, of the Timberwolves. He was the coach in Rapid City. So there's some connection there, too. So anyway, um, so um, we're going back and then. You get to that point with the team where they're like, okay, they've seen you, they've, they've sent it out, and, and then they're like, what's next? How can, we, how can we make this bigger and better? So I always had this pet idea, and like I think I told you, like as you go around, you see these different ideas, and I love this concept of the guaranteed win. And that is, Crunch is going to come in to the Rapid City Thrillers game, and he's, you know, he's so confident that he can get everybody into it and win the game that we guarantee that we're going to win. And if you lose the game, Crunch will buy a ticket, essentially, for everybody in the building to come to another game. Well, the, the little side anecdote on this, a team like the Rapid City Trails, they're actually pre- they're pretty good. And then, you, you know, so they're like a 600%, you know, 60% of the time they win. Well, at home, they'd win like 85% of the time. And so you can kind of pick your poisons, too. You know, like, what when the team's going to play a bad team or whatever. So you can pick the, pick the game and play the odds a little bit. So we had this fun twist. And so I, I told this to, um, I still remember this guy's name. He was like the general manager of the team. His name is Len Weimer. He, it's a great dude. He would he'd pick up <laughs> at the airport. And again, it's funny because like guys like the president of the team or the general manager, he'd pick you up at the airport and bring right, you Right. It was always the top dog. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, yeah. Take you out to lunch. Um, and uh, so he, he's, we're having lunch one time and he's asking me what I think and how we can spiff this up and stuff. And I'm like, well, how about the guaranteed win idea? And he's like, oh, that, that's amazing. And uh, we go through the whole thing. And then we, we ended up looping in at the time Christian Leitner, who was um, obviously like he's like people's best 50 most best looking people, whatever, you know, award. He's fresh off the final four. He's like a top draft pick. He's a Christian Leitner was a big deal at the time. Oh, yeah. And I knew him a little bit, you know, just from the, from the court and stuff. I'm like, well, I can ask Christian Leitner if he wants to get in on this. And, like, maybe he can cut, like, a radio ad for it. And this guy, this Len Weimer, is like, I mean, over the moon. Like, this is going to be unbelievable. So we, we worked this all out. I was like, listen, I'll go talk to Christian. I'll ask him if he'll take part in this. Which essentially the ask is, hey, will you record a, uh, a commercial for me? 
So I'm on the court. I'm in costume talking to the court. I'm like, hey, I got a favor to ask. And he's like, oh, anything, anything. What do you need? And I explain. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I do this game up in Rapid City. I need you to say that you're going to, that we're going to guarantee Crunch is such good luck that you'll guarantee a victory. And he's like, okay. And uh, I said, you know, so, you know, can you help out? Will you do that? And he kind of gives me this long look and he, he goes, well, if they lose, what's that going to cost me? <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't quite get it. It was the commercial I was looking for that we actually put the bill on the ticket. <laughs> but I just love that. He was like, I'll do it, but what's this going to cost me? So actually, it was great though. He actually did record it. Oh, what a good guy. It was, it was great. He, and he was such a great dude. He is a great dude. Um, but he, um, I got like USA Today coverage, you know, and that's like a goofy promotion. Um, but I love that the guaranteed win thing. Um, Dude, that's brilliant. Yeah, that is fun. absolutely brilliant. Well, again, so, people... so how did it, how did it turn out? Oh, they won. Well, again, like you know, you're the Rapids City Furrows. They probably won sixty five or eighty percent of their games that year anyway. And at home, they were probably you know <laughs> twenty three and two that year. So that was the odds are pretty good. Um, yeah, the CPA uh... was great. They were a good time. They, you could go in there and really just have fun doing a game. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and I think, I thought it was even more relaxed and, and, and kind of more rowdy than college games. You know, it was, it, to me anyways, it, college games were, were a different animal. You know, you had people that were intense, um, but it was, you know, CBA was, was more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To perform at, yeah. But I mean, that's I love that story. That's brilliant. And I, I have See, these, I have these stories that I don't know if they're very interesting. So, so the other thing I should say, Ken, is it's it's really fun being. This is a great time, and I'll talk to you, obviously. But for me, and I think you'll you you know this as well. It's actually really hard to like. I don't talk about this very much because when you're in costume, like part of the deal in most teams is that hey, you're not allowed to talk about what you do. Or where you where you work, or what your job is, or who you are, exactly. And so it's yep. actually kind of funny. It's like hard to it's hard to like bring some of these stories up, and like they're not very polished, even though you feel like they probably should be. Um, so it actually, well, no, uh, that's what I love about this is, is it's real, and and it, you know it's off the cuff a little bit. I I well, it's off the totally off the cuff, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I know just what you're saying, though, because it's it's actually kind of weird for me to be talking about this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about it so much as myself and what I'm doing and who I am and things like that. So, uh, you know, that, that that's the that's the twist I've kind of taken on this is that, you know, I want to talk to you guys. I want to get your stories and uh, put those out there because they are so priceless. And I, I want to have you on i want to have you know all these other guys that i'm going to get on here i i see this as a multiple times thing because you're going to walk away from this and remember other stories and and i'm going to remember stories about us and things like that that uh yeah i i just want to share and and get out there so that uh they're not just buried you know so anyways um so i appreciate you being on and sharing this stuff because it's gold no it's fun so um so let's Let's take this uh, on to, um, well, I, I also in, you know, on the on the tail end of that. Uh, speaking of stories and things like that, we had some great times, you and I, and uh, one of my favorites is the time we spent in in Australia. Yeah, and you know that's when 
the NBA, flew us over there. Uh, business class. Oh, yeah. And Wait, you got to go business class? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we would always tease each other, too, going, wait, you're only getting paid that? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Um, well, honestly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we we had some good times over there. I remember uh, one of your uh, assistants, Thorpe. <laughs> he wasn't my assistant. He wasn't your assistant, or was he Paul? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I shared him. We were. Uh, he was. Uh, he was Paul's. He was the. the oh, he was. Patient. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I got that a little bit off, but right. uh, but that guy was uh, that guy was a trip. He called the. Uh, he called. He ran back to the hotel after I disappeared out in the ocean. Yes. And uh, called the Coast Guard, of, you know, or the Australian Coast Guard or whatever, to come save me. So uh, that was a pretty good story. Uh, that, that night I saw a shark very close to me oh, out in the ocean. Yeah. I'm, we were terrified. We ran like three miles down the beach trying to find you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just remember getting back to the hotel and uh, my brother walking out on the beach. Pitch dark. I mean, it's bl- dark out. All the, the only light out there was the light from the hotel. He's walking out on the beach. And I come up and I kneel down like I'm all tired and everything. I finally made it back to the hotel. My brother's like, got his hands in his pocket. It's like, dude, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, whew, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I got stories to tell you, though. He's like, well... Good. I hope they're good stories because, um, yeah, the Coast Guard is on the way. So <laughs> that's, that's when all the security came running out. Every, all you guys were, came running out of the hotel. And, and uh, yeah, no, guy, the security guy there, he's like, uh, we got him. We got him. Yep, he's here. That's when he was like, so, mate, how far down the beach were you? that's that's my australian accent good i go i was like "Ah, a couple miles he's like he goes oh mate that's that's shock waters down there (laughs) i'm like yeah i know yeah i know i pet one yeah yeah so anyways but we had a good time out there i've got video of that uh i I made a a video i saw it the other day and or i watched it the other day of of us uh performing out there and, and uh gosh that was fun that was we were like rock stars and putting on shows all over Australia. So anyways, but, oh, and they took us out on, on, uh, tours. Uh, like they took us on a, a yacht tour. Oh, yeah. remember that laying out on that? Yeah. That was with, uh, with Scott Brooks. It was Scott Brooks was there and Spud Webb, um, Uh NBA legends. It's funny. Like that's, um, that's one of the notes I have whenever I think about this, there's this, there's this dichotomy of what people think of you as a mascot. Like they, and they think one of two things, there's kind of no middle ground. They either think you're a rock star, which they're like, Oh my God, he's an NBA guy. This is like, I, you know, like they're shaking when they talk to you and it's like, you don't get that a lot, but like you get that. Or they uh-huh. think you're like a borderline homeless guy. Like right. be getting paid like $25 a day. Like, so I used to do these um, visits to a place called Old Country Buffet when I was with the Timberwolves, which was great because you're getting paid, you know, a couple hundred bucks to go there and sit around for like, you know, as people eat dinner and you'd sign autograph cards and stuff. And the best thing was it was a corporate deal. So it was like, and there's, I mean, 
there was like 30 or 40 of these places. So you would just go every week. You're like, ah, Tuesday, I'm in Richfield. On Friday, I'm in White Bear Lake. And like, you just keep going around. And the funny thing was the managers, again, they thought one of two things. They either thought I was a rock star. And they're like, you got to come back anytime you want when you're not in costume. And they'd give you these free passes. Like they wanted you around because you're such a big star. And or they thought you were a homeless like student, and the guy's like, "Okay, I know you need food, so here's a couple cards. You can come back anytime for a buffet." So either way, right. when I walked out of there, I always had like. And when you want to change, there's the bathroom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I always left it with cards because they either thought I was a huge celebrity or they thought I was like a homeless student. Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah. So, so what do you do for your uh, real job, or what's your <laughs> what's your? I mean, so you have another job, right? <laughs> got a couple anyways so yeah um so so tell me about the cavaliers um you just well we can't uh, skip over retired from there we can't skip over we can do it real quick here but i was at the portland fire so but after nike i lived in portland uh for seven years and in Ah. in a little window there i'm a woman i knew from nike actually went on to be the uh was she vice president or something she kind of ran the portland fire and um, so she was immediately like, oh, we have to have you as a mascot. And I was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm kind of kind of done with that. But at the same time, I was like kind of, you know, struggling my way through, start my business. And I was like, ah, I'll get back into that there. So I did three years in the WNBA. And people, I think a lot of people like kind of looked down their nose at the, at the women's basketball. That was, I mean, of all my 30 years, that window was the most fun. I mean, there is nothing as fun as WNBA and that fan base, those players, the whole thing. I had such a great time there. Um, so that is surprising. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, that's love... that. I haven't heard much about the WNBA mascots or, or 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 their stories or anything. So this is amazing. Yeah, no, I I, I had such a great time there, and uh, you know the people were so great. And I well, you know this too. It's like when you perform at a place that doesn't see a mascot very often that's all new to them they think it's like i said when you go to the the, the cba when i used to tour around there like a trampoline mascot that wasn't you didn't see that very often so i was like oh that's kind of cool well now they're kind of everywhere so in portland it's one of the few towns that in their nba team didn't have a mascot so their WNBA team having a mascot's like wow that's new and different and and again for me it's like i'd been around for 10 years at that point i had you know i had material i had a skill set and I kind of went in and people were like, wow, this is crazy. And it actually it kind of led to the the drill players getting a mascot, too. We actually tested it for them. We did, uh, I think, four or five games one season. And the whole pro- the whole point was we want to see what our fans do when we have a, a mascot at our game. Wow. I, I, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this about you. You never so listened to is- any of my stories. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I tuned you out. Tune you out whenever I see you. I told you all this last time we talked. <laughs> so yeah, then uh, so then oh, I'm an 2000, idiot. 2003, I think it was like January 1st, 2003 or December 31st, 2002, the Trailblazers announced that the WNBA team was folding. So then I'm out of a job other than my business. So my, I'm out of a mascot job again, which again was kind of okay. I was for the course. Yeah, it was and I wasn't really looking for anything. <laughs> But uh, and then like a couple months later, I get a call from, um, and it's funny because I was thinking of this the other day. I don't know if it was like two weeks later or within, I know it was within two months. But uh, my former boss from the Timberwolves calls. And he's like, yeah, I'm out here in Cleveland and we're going to start a mascot program and we're revamping everything. And 
he, you know, he's like, you're the best. You, 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 I, there's nobody else I would rather have. We got to start with you. I told the owner, I know the mas- best mascot anywhere. And that's what I told him. I said, you know, Len, I know you just don't know any other mascots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best mascot in your role. Sucker. Yes. So, yeah, so then 2003, I came out um, with another guy named uh, LeBron James. He came at the same time. Came a little earlier than I did, but. So yeah, I've been. With, I was with the Tim Levine, as I mumbled both those. Uh, I was with the Cavaliers from 2003 then until uh, last December. Wow! And uh, so, what? Uh, tell me some some highlights of that. Tell me some highlights of uh, Moondog. Well, well, yeah. I mean, cover- <laughs> it was funny because one of the things that that they were concerned about here is they had a really tainted, terrible history with mascots. They had. A couple. <gasps> That's right, Whammer. Yeah, they had Whammer, and they had a thing called Dribbles, and I want to say they had one other one. And they're all. They did of, not have a character named Dribbles. They did, and uh, I've seen it actually. I had had on before, um, but they just had kind of this bad history where Whammer was kind of a dud, and I, I do have a, I have a story about Whammer. I'll say in a second. Um, so they had this bad history, and so Len, the the guy who brought me back in, he, you know, he's, he kind of tells the stories like. Our owner just said, hey, you know, we, we don't do this well. And that's where Len kind of said, like, well, this is a guy who's, you know, created characters. He's done this. He's going to be fine. Like, this is going to work. And, and honestly, it's kind of a sleeper part. I've thought about, like, kind of retrospectively of my career and what I've done and where I've been. And one of the things that I am proud of is that, that we, we did start a character here in a town that wasn't very receptive to it. It, it did get off to kind of a rocky start, and it was it took a while to kind of get over a hump. But then, in, in since then, we've started another mascot character here. Um, and again, it's like the fans now kind of embrace that. And I think that's kind of a, a big it's a big pendulum swift for the sh- shift for this town um, to really have accepted both characters. Well, and I was witness of that the other day, and and I know this is just a slight little. Uh, story here but i was in disney world the other day at uh, the magic kingdom and i saw a guy there with a with cavaliers jersey on and i'm like hey so you're a fan or are you a, uh, are you actually from there and uh, he goes no 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 i'm i'm from cleveland and i said oh well you know my son is the new moon dog and uh he's like uh he he paused for a second he says you know i, I that's right i i thought i heard something about uh the old guy he he got hurt or something uh, and, and I go, no, 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 the old, the, the guy that, you know, my son replaced retired. And, uh, I said, are you thinking of CC? He's like, that's, that's, it. that's right. He's like, I heard that's right. It was CC. He hurt his back. Yeah. Okay. And I said, well, CC will be back soon. So, <laughs> but you know, the fact that they are paying attention and I mean, this guy just out of the blue knew that somebody had an injury and, you know, and that type of thing. You know, for a for a, a a town that that had bad luck with a mascot, you know, you went in there and you really turned things around, and you know that's a tribute to you and and your talent. So, uh, and they really do embrace those both characters, which is really surprising to me because I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine having another character on the court with me. Yeah, it would be different. really it's different. Yeah, I mean, again, that's like anything. There's, there's some good and some bad with it. But it's it definitely uh, took some getting used to. Yeah, tell me some highlights of 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 Moon Dog. Um, 
Well, I think actually it's funny. One of one of the like my favorite highlights. What got some play this week the, with the uh, Paul Pierce uh, when he retired and they did his number and all that stuff in the Celtics. But we had this great moment with um, Paul Pierce um, where there was actually a clock malfunction in the middle of the game. Um, this was in January of the first season, so like two thousand four. Um, and actually, it was a real turning point for the character because the character was still kind of like. It came out of the gates. People kind of didn't really like it. Again, they kind of were predisposed to not be into the mascot stuff. And um, and then this January night, we had a really good skit. And then this clock malfunction happened. And there was like a 10-minute break in the game. And, of course, even the most prepared game ops crew was like, uh, fill 10 minutes. So <laughs> I, I grab my ball, and I'm like, well, I'll shoot a little bit. And so I go out there to shoot half quarters. And th- it's funny because I this actually had happened before, like a player coming out. So I sort of had like some built-in stuff in my head. So I'm shooting half quarters, and all of a sudden, the corner of my eyes, I'm shooting, I see something backwards. Walking, and I backwards half courts. Yeah, half court shots. Um, yep. I literally think to myself, like, God, please be a player. And so I finished this last shot. And I probably shot two or three at the time, and and hadn't made one yet. And I look up, and it's Paul Pierce. And he's like, kind of like, let me try. He's like, step aside. So I get the ball. I'm like, good, good, good. Give him the ball. So he gets the ball, and I think he gave him – I think I don't I can't remember if we took turns, but he took – he shot two, and he missed pretty badly. And I, as we're taking turns, then the, the second one I shot, I hit. And the crowd just goes bananas because, obviously, this is like their best player. And I've just completely shown him up on the court. <laughs> and uh, so actually we got great mileage I mean that we we, we reuse that clip for years and still, still use it so that was, that was like kind of early highlight and again it was a it was a game that sort of turned the tide for the character it was like it people were like oh okay I can get behind this guy um, and so that was yeah this fun. guy's cool this guy's got cred yeah yeah, yeah that was that was a big night um, so that was fun and then you get those moments you know I, people talk about that here Um Obviously, the the Cavaliers won a title in 2016. So being a part of that that run and and that team and seeing it up close, and then being a part of that parade with like 1.3 million people downtown, I mean that's just it's grueling. I mean it was kind of an awful day, but at the same time too, like just so many people were that's they'll remember remember that for forever. Uh, and so like th- those kind of moments stand out as just being like kind of obviously career career highlights in some in some ways like again like being a part of the parade is like it's just another day at the office in a way but again like the spectacle of a town that was made it pretty magical right to be a part of something that's history making and that's uh, amazing so um as far as mascotting goes I mean, what's your what's, what's your philosophy what's your what's your thought on and i don't know exactly what i'm getting at here but you know, to to put it in better words, but you know, isn't it kind of weird that you know we we do this gr- grown men <laughs> running around in a costume? And, it's all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, I, you know, what's I your take on that? I, when I think about what what I do, and and also I think about the context of if I'm telling someone like what I think is important about the job. Um, about the about that kind of that philosophical piece. I mean, I always think of it's really important that you have to be a character. You have to have like an internal compass. You can't like to me. There's nothing worse than watching someone perform who's being a mascot. Like they just they're just doing mascotty things. Mm-hmm. Like they might see a skit that 
the Utah Jazz Bear does, and then they are they're doing it the next night, even though their characters are nothing alike. And then you know uh, they then the next night they see a gorilla skit and they just do that. And like I said, like the, the if you're if you're keen on what people are doing, like the bear and the gorilla are two really different characters. One's kind of a clumsy goofball, and the other one is kind of a violent uh, maniac. <laughs> and so again, if you're taking a skit from both those guys in the same week and not making it your own, and you're just doing that stuff, then you're just doing mascot stuff then. And I just, I think that's, that's, you know, again, like if you're watching, uh, you know, a, a TV show, watching Seinfeld, I mean, he's not doing kind of like Sam Kinison blue comedy one night and then the next night doing, you know, a, a, a kind of Jerry Seinfeld riff because they're not at all alike. I mean, he's, that wouldn't be, he's not being a, per, a character, he's not a person. You can't relate to that because it's just so different all the time. And so I always think you got to know who you are and have kind of that internal compass so you know how to react to something when something happens. Yeah, a lot of it is very reactional, mm -hmm. you know. And I like how you, you're, you're saying you've got to make it your own, have it your own, have your own personality with it. And then the internal compass to also know, you know, what lines you can cross and what, you know, what lines to stay away from, <laughs> uh, you know, with not only just the game and what's going on there, but with, with fans and with just the the interaction uh, on and off the court, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, so it, I'll give you another quick example on this. Like, I I did. I yeah. remember I did a video in a team shop once, and it was our one of our video guys kind of wrote this skit. He's like, "I want you to do this thing. We'll play it in game." And he was kind of new, and. He's like, you'll come to the team shop. I'm going to have this guy who's an opposing fan. And the whole time he's like, we did this in uh, the, the – he worked for a hockey team before. He's like, I'm going to have this fan. He's going to be, like, yelling about how crappy the Cavs are. And you're going to – you just run in and just beat the tar on off. And, and I, I, like, my whole thing was like, okay. Like, I, and then I was like, well, can I do this or can I try this? He's like, no, just run in and just tackle him and then throw balls at him and punch him and kick him and then throw him out. And what he was doing was he was taking a skit that he had seen in the NHL with his mascot and just like, there you go. Like, another guy in the costume will do the same thing. And my whole thing is like, that's just not who Moondog is or who I want him to be. And like Moondog might beat somebody up, but it, you know, it'd be, it, it, that just didn't ring true to, to me at all. And it's funny because a couple years later he came back and he we, it wasn't like we butted heads on it, but I was kind of like, well, I want to do this. And he's like, just do this. So he came back a couple years later. He's like, okay, I get it now. I get what you were doing and why this didn't really work for you. Um, but I think that's a good way to kind of think about um, just that transference of ideas that you still have to make them your own. You have to speak in your own voice. Right. Be real. Be true yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Be true to the brand, the, the character, the character yeah. that you've built. Yeah. I get some of those, all, you know, uh, uh, hey, we want you to do a skit around this sponsor. <laughs> uh, okay. But, I mean, so <laughs> how is a skit with – how am I going to do a skit with the Girl Scouts? The Girl Scout – it's Girl Scout night. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, okay. Well, you want a full-on skit. Yep. Okay. Man, I'm yeah. I had this great. Now, 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 I have a terrible memory. So, um, 
I know I had a great Girl Scout thing. I know I had one thing that didn't work, and I think it was a bowling skit. Now I can't remember why it didn't work. That was another benefit of working with another character. Um, CC, who you mentioned earlier, has a fantastic memory. Like he could tell you like the script that we wrote with the Girl Scouts. He would tell you like how it like this, what the script said, and I can't tell you what the idea was. I know those Girl Scouts, and I know we did something. <laughs> 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 what was the Girl Scouts get? Uh, yeah, I did it. I ended up doing a, a video skit with Girl Scouts that uh, later I got in trouble for. I was in the president's office the next morning, the, the <laughs> team president's office the next morning, apologizing to the head of the Girl Scouts in, in our area. <laughs> yeah. Just because sure. I'm just because the, the bit was <laughs> he hanging out at home. And all of a sudden, ding dong, you know, somebody's at the door and uh, go over, open it up. And it's a Girl Scout trying to sell me cookies. I'm like, eh, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And I tried, you know, being polite and shutting the door, you know, just, oh, that's okay. No, sorry. And uh, as I go to shut the door, you know, it won't shut. And I look down and it's her foot in the door. (laughs) (laughs) And and I open it back up and she's dressed like a ninja. She had nunchucks. She was chucking stars at me and everything. And so all of a sudden it sees me, you know, you see me like flying across the screen and out in the front yard. I'm getting, you know, pummeled and everything. And uh, and then it ends up with me, you know, sitting at my house with boxes all around me of Girl Scout cookies. And I'm chowing down on them. You know, I thought it was brilliant. But why would you be upset? uh, I don't know. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, you can't remember yours, huh? Um, I can't. I had something with cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But you know what, though, is, is you know, By the way, that's, to... the, that's why these, this, this whole podcast thing is so important, because you're going to get those stories on tape, and then people remember them, because people like me don't remember anything, so. Same here. Honestly, I, you know, I, it's, it's stuff like this that spurs it on. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, I totally forgot about that. I've got that. I, I've actually got that skit on some VHS tape buried in a box somewhere. Um, I, I love hearing all this and, you know, it's great having you on your great speaker and, and, and things. And I love how you have really always thought or taken things, uh, you know, and, and approached it from a different angle. And you were true to yourself as a character you're a good man. You're a good family man, and you know I think it's important for people to 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 hear your voice and and uh, all that. So, um, I I do have to give you you know a little bit of props here when you uh, I think you were very very smart the day that uh, you called me and said, "Hey, any of your sons, you know, <laughs> <laughs> interested in you know mascotting uh, or trying out for." Uh, for the Cavaliers mascot, and that was uh, that was a great day. Yeah, uh, just to kind of throw this out there, my my son went out and tried out for for Moon Dog and made it. And hopefully, I can have him on here at some point telling his stories. But uh, you know, you have uh, been a great influence not only on me as a mascot, but on me uh, as a father and friend and I've, I'm sure I've stolen a whole bunch of your skits anyways over the years and turned them into my own. But um, 
anyways so i appreciate all you're doing and and you know uh the the ops.com thing tell me a little bit more about that before we wrap this up so yeah i mentioned it earlier in uh 1998 i started the website that was supposed to be a resource website for everybody in the game ops uh game operations industry and uh it's still going strong so we've been around for this is the 20th year come on august which is crazy um but uh, we have uh, lots of content on there. There's a store on there. We we also do a podcast, which I know is news to you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Six, so six years now, we've been doing a monthly podcast. Um, we talk to people in the game operations industry. Talk Thanks for having me on that, by by the way. Thanks for What's having that? me on. Thanks for having me on that, well, uh, I didn't by the way. So. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> So Obviously, I can't. So we've got a, we've got Let's a bunch them. of uh, a bunch of great guests. Uh, you know, national touring acts like Cameron Hughes. He comes on a lot. Former mascots and your first guest, Rob Wycall, is a regular guest. Uh, ben Hill. Uh, we have game directors from all around sports and, and basketball and hockey and um, and baseball. Um, actually, have a lot of authors on too. Uh, shouldn't say a lot. Probably have five or six authors on, which I think is really it, that's one of my favorites to do because you get to read their book, you get to ask questions. Um, and authors always have such a deep, great wealth of knowledge about what their their source is because obviously they just did a big book on it. So, um, but yeah, if you check out the podcast, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on our homepage, which is at gameops.com. And uh, we got a Twitter feed, of course, because everyone's got a Twitter feed. Gameops.com, all spelled out: G A M E O P S D O T C O M. And uh, yeah, so you know, staying busy with that and. Um, few other things but uh having fun that's awesome you know to tell you the truth um this you know if you haven't been on game ops it's uh it's really a fun site a lot of good stuff on there and uh, a great source for mascots as well as uh you know anybody that's putting together a show um I know that sounds really goofy there so i might edit that but um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's funny to me as this as your site started to grow. I remember going in the office one day and I was talking to my boss or something about something, and and he's like, "Well, you know what? I saw this on GameOps.com. Maybe we ought to try that." And and uh, I I just kind of chuckled. I was like, "That's that's John's site," <laughs> and you know they it was awesome because you. You took it, you know, you, you invented this thing, and then all of a sudden, it was becoming the authority. It was becoming the source. And uh, I, I, I was amazed. It was awesome to watch and see develop. Funny, like when, when I talk to people and they're like, well, yeah, I listened to your podcast on that. And I'm always like, wow, that just, it's just weird. Like this thing here, it seems like I'm just talking on the phone. Um, but yeah, it is weird kind of having, having a, a voice out there and, and people read it. And also, I'll never forget. Um, I was talking to Scott Hessington, who's a former mascot, and um, he just said, he's at one point, he's, yeah, you know, you wrote that article um, about uh, circus timeouts. Um, he goes, and, and, you know, the next day we had a meeting, and I was like, and he kept talking, and I was like, well, no, hold on a second, you did what now? He's like, well, you wrote that article, and so we all, we had a meeting, all the game ops people and some of the marketing people came in, and we, like, talked through what you had said, and, like, I'm just like, you you guys had a meeting about some stupid thing I posted on. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. We went through the whole thing and like pros and cons and how we should approach things, and uh, that just kind of made me laugh that I'm just you know a guy in my, my pajamas writing stuff on on my little website, and, uh, <laughs> and the next day people are having meetings in the in the NBA. So 
<laughs> suckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it just really goes to show that that you've got uh, some some brilliance in that uh, weird shaped head of yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, really, it's it's great to have you on here. It's great to talk to you, and I I want to have you on some more uh, as this thing grows and I get a couple more people on I'm going to circle back to you because you got some great great stuff here so I hope everybody enjoys this as much as I do because these stories and everything are you know they hit they hit home to me and uh, I don't know it's it's fun for me so I appreciate you coming on man well, it's great, great, uh, great talking to you. I mean, obviously, I'm going to put you over. You're you're one of the legends in the business. I, I do remember one time to to uh, put some context into what I think of you. Um, we were we were at a, a conference once, and you came up to me after we had played some video, and you pulled me aside, and you're like, "No, uh, that was really good stuff. You, you, you still got it." And uh, just thinking that you thought highly of anything that I did uh, meant the world to me. So. Um, you're, you're obviously one of the legends here, so it's, uh, it's always great to talk to you as well. Uh, that's kind. That's kind of you, man. Well, you're my brother, and I love you. Thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I, thanks for uh, keeping me up to date on, on what my son's doing out there. <laughs> he, uh, it's just, it, it was fun the other day when I got a text from you that said, hey, your boy just hit his first half-court shot. And... Uh, <laughs> Of course, this is backwards that we're talking about. Backwards half-court shot. And it was a fir- his first game he attempted it. So that was it was kind of a special, fun little moment for me. So I appreciate that, man. It was fun. Well, it's been so, fun having him around and seeing you more often. So uh, keep up the great work. I can't wait to hear my uh, my dulcet tones on your, on your podcast. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll be great, man. So, hey, have a great day, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. I'll uh, I'll be talking to you soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Ken. All right, man. We'll see you. Bye bye. How do you put it? How, how do you push end? <laughs> or stop? By the way, I, I I purposely stayed online because I do this all the time where I talk to people, and then I'm signing off on the podcast, and I always want to say at the end like, "Hey, thanks a lot. That was great," or give some feedback or whatever. Wrap it up with them personally. Everyone always hangs up. Everyone always. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and okay, over. Totally done with you. Yeah, I think this will actually hang us up. But here we go. I found the button. Love it. All right, man. I'll call you back if it hangs us up. Okay. (laughs) Bye.